coming to you on this Wednesday, May 15th, a little bit of an earlier edition of Rounding the Bases. This is episode 9 for the 2019 baseball season. Eli Karp here with Parker Johnson. We are here with you on this Wednesday because Northwestern has its season regular season closing series versus Minnesota that tips off, I should say, bats leadoff tomorrow on Thursday, and it is a huge series for the Wildcats, who have somehow, it was a bit unfathomable about two weeks ago, played themselves into currently the seventh spot in the Big Ten standings, and the Big Ten tournament is just about a week from to- week from today, May 22nd, the first games, uh, but Northwestern, after looking from the outside for a while, they're somehow in the mix, they control their own destiny, and that is important, and Parker will get right into it in terms that this series win, which you were calling all weekend in New Jersey against Rutgers, was just so big. Yeah, it was enormous. I mean, you mentioned how it seemed very, very unlikely for this team to be on the inside track to the Big Ten tournament a couple weeks ago, and really, that result has come from the last two series big win against Nebraska, and then to go on the road against Rutgers, a team that's very good at home, is something that you know I noticed um, and had prepared when I was looking at broadcasting those games. This was a team that was incredible at home and pitching, I want to say, around three ERA at home, like just dominant at home. Um, a very good defensive team, small ball type of team, but they've had really good pitchers in the Big Ten, and Northwestern was able to do enough to squeak out those two games and had some really good pitching of their own over the weekend. Um, and yeah, it was an impressive, impressive series for Northwestern right when they needed it the most. Yeah. We saw at, after Michigan state dropping two or three, nearly being swept, how that one game and that uh, extra innings victory just means very much right now. Um, currently stand at 23 and 25 again, series two consecutive big 10 series victories first over Nebraska now over uh, Rutgers 23 and 25 overall, 10 and 11 in conference, and again, just the one series remaining. So it, it was so big, Parker. We'll get just right into the small recaps of the games. You can elaborate all, all, all the way. Um, Friday, an early game, and for a while it was looking very dim until the seventh inning. It was a quality start from Ryan Bader, over six innings pitched, uh, just gives up three runs. It's a quality start, about as textbook as it gets. Um, but they're down 3 nothing heading into the 7th. Two outs in the 7th. The mood must be a little bit down at that point for Northwestern, but then lightning strikes and five runs, a five-run rally with one out to play with. Well, I'm careful with your terms, because we were praying all weekend lightning wouldn't strike actually <laughs> at the field, because they were trying to get in Friday's game in just in time to avoid weather on both ends of the game window. However, yes, 7th inning, incredible stuff. Uh, just really Northwestern started just well i wouldn't really say they started hot in the seventh inning because it it was a two-out rally i mean willie bourbon got on as a leadoff man and then two consecutive northwestern players got out before they started that incredible rally where seven straight players reached and uh six of them were hits so it was just one of those moments where you realize that this northwestern team they just have some fight in them and it's what it's taken for the Wildcats the past couple of years when Northwestern has gotten those good results, those important results. You think back to that 2016 team as well, very similar, um, that succeeded so much in the Big Ten tournament. 
this is what the Wildcats showed this weekend, and it was interesting. I mentioned this on one of the broadcasts, but it was something that Spencer Allen highlighted going into Friday. You know, he told his team that he had been thinking about what are the things that make baseball and basketball teams succeed towards the end of the season. Once you've been through a lot, you're playing so many games, you're an NBA team, 82 games, MLB, 162. Um, he, he was basically saying what it came down to once he had kind of studied a lot of different teams was mental toughness. And he went on this whole speech about how he felt like this was one of the most mentally tough teams that he knows. Northwestern's been through a lot this season. Um, he hearkened all the way back to like the preseason, talking about having a new facility, getting used to practicing indoors. You know, these are things that obviously a lot of people would say is, is a bonus for Northwestern, but it was something new to adjust to. And so he, he feels like they are a very mentally tough squad. They've pulled off some big victories this year. That was their 10th comeback win um, this, this 5-3 victory in game one. So it was all very reflective of this speech that he gave beforehand. I have to say, I think maybe that played out a little bit. But physically, in terms of the game, what it seemed like to me, and I, I talked to some people about this afterwards, was that Harry Rakowski was just dealing in that game. I mean, he, he put together an incredible start for Rutgers, and then he kind of just ran out of gas a little bit in that seventh inning. But like I said, he got the first two outs really no problem. He walked Bourbon, but then got two more outs. He was looked like he was cruising, and I think if he had gotten that third out quickly, he probably would have stayed in the game. But he comes out after the first two Northwestern players reach, and at that point, they decide to take Rutkowski out, and they bring in Garrett French, who, across his two appearances on the weekend, was really bad. <laughs> he recorded, I think, one out through those two appearances and gave up, like, four hits. Like, it, it, he just he was a converted field player to a pitcher, one of those guys that's kind of learning, you know, in the same way as Pachoric at times for Northwestern. But he, he struggled, and... In hindsight, it was easy for the Rutgers to say we probably should have left Rutkowski in. But Northwestern took advantage. It was an exciting inning, batted around and got five runs and then was able to hold on with some some good bullpen pitching after that. Yeah, they, they just kind of chipped away. It wasn't like a you know a grand slam got them back in it. They they really chipped away a bit too. A bunch of really big hits, but Jack Kelly, a two-run single, yep. uh, that cut the lead to one. And then Jack Dunn, another two-out hit. And then Sean Gusenberg, when the game was tied, comes up with a big two-run double, and we've seen that a lot from really all three players, but in different ways this season. Jack Dunn has always been the guy for Northwestern. He's, I don't know, the game notes have him at, like, what is he? He's tied for 10th with Joe Girardi Yes, in career hits for Northwestern in, in program history. That That's incredible, so it's not surprising. His 19th two-out two RBI this season. That, I mean, he, that number is just... That's crazy. Insane. Like, unheard of. Batting 6-12 with runners in scoring position. Uh, yeah, like... It's astronomical. Literally double, well, not quite double, but like nearly double his normal batting average with yeah. runners in scoring position. That's yeah. just, it, it's it's outrageous. But it was a really, like going back to the actual play, it was really indicative of his hitting style because it was it was when French was pitching. And he could, I mean, he can throw in the mid-90s. Like he's a very good pitcher in terms of velocity. And Jack Dunn just, he just slapped it. Like, he, he knew, just like you said, he didn't need to hit a grand slam with the bases loaded. He just slapped it in the outfield, got the RBI, kept the inning going. So that was that was the essence. And it was how both teams really played this series because Northwestern and Rutgers both played a lot of small ball throughout these games. We saw pretty low-scoring games across the board. Um, and, and that was what got it done for Northwestern. 
And Sean Gusenberg, first year, doesn't matter. He's had a really uh, sensational freshman campaign, has had his ups and downs, but really a, a revelation for Northwestern in, in the infield, but a really valuable part of the program. And Jack Kelly, I remember being on the pod last week and saying, backup catcher Jack Kelly was doing everything, and he continues to do everything. It's crazy. He does, and, and what's been really useful for this Northwestern team has been the productivity at the bottom of the order. Casey O'Laughlin has been hitting very well recently. He hit well over the weekend. And Jack Kelly is that other name, I think, uh, that really paid some dividends near the bottom of the order for Northwestern. And it was a stark contrast to Rutgers over the weekend, too. Their bottom of the order seemed like every time they came up wasn't really able to produce a whole lot, whereas Northwestern consistently was getting hits out of the bottom of that order. And it's a really useful thing to have. Northwestern may not have you know, huge power hitters throughout the lineup. And they obviously got a few great bats at the top of the order. But the ability to have that depth to go all the way down one through nine is has really been crucial for Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, you look at Jack Kelly is now hitting 279. Ben Dickey has raised his average to 260. Mm-hmm. Casey Laughlin 256. That's Those are solid hitters, especially when you consider that being the bottom of the lineup. And there's a reason that this team is fifth in the Big Ten in batting average at 264, 265, it's only a couple, just a couple of points away from being third in the conference. This is a team that can hit. We know that the issues are on the mound, and it's not usually at the plate. It's the plate that bails them out. But also just small ball. We, I remember, just for some reason, my mind is drawn to the Ohio State series, where that was when the Cats were really flying high um, in early, mid-April, and we swept Ohio State. And all I remember is Walker came back. He was on the podcast the next week, and he said, yeah, it was just kind of befuddling. We just kind of, Cass just kind of outcoached Rutgers. It was, you know, Spencer Allen didn't necessarily have to be a magician, but the Ohio State coach just kind of made some mind-boggling moves, and it, you know, take makes me think of what happened this uh, this weekend with Rutgers pitching as well, that Spencer Allen knows what he's doing. He doesn't always have the biggest depth, or the most depth in the pitching staff. We, we've documented that plenty on this podcast, but he just... The small ball works, and the Northwestern played small ball just a bit better than Rutgers did for the majority of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, and this is something that people go back and forth with uh, in sports, it's a big debate, but to me, the sign of a great coach is that you can apply your system to the players that you have. A lot of people say, no, great coaches are the ones that establish a, a great system and fit the players to it. To me, I think you have to fit your system to whatever players you have, so to your point, I think Spencer Allen's done a great job of that, knowing that at times they're going to have to squeeze over that extra run, put down a bunt, do whatever in order to get enough run support for these pitchers. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't, you know, happen and it doesn't work fully because that's the risk you take of small ball. It's not a 100% success rate type of play, nor is really any style of playing baseball unless you have really good players. But um to me, it's a sign of, of an impressive coach, and he, he's been able to work with what he has and, and try to get the most out of it. Yeah, so on to the second game. This is Saturday. We previewed that there might be some inclement weather in the forecast. There was. They made it a doubleheader, which makes things very important for Northwestern, especially because coming into this weekend, they have not been very good in doubleheaders. They especially had not won the let the second game of a doubleheader. That was one weird stat that was thrown out a couple of weeks ago. In any case... It had not been their forte. However, there are no other words, maybe than sensational, to describe Mike Doherty's performance in the first game because they cruised in that game. There was never really a doubt, and they were able to secure just to be able to secure the series win 
in the first game on Saturday is just mentally huge for this team. Sure, they didn't win in the third game, but just the fact that at a pretty early point on Saturday, they had won the series and they knew that coming back here this week, they would have everything in front of them with Minnesota was huge. So back to Mike Doherty's performance. A 4 nothing win. Mike Doherty, 87 pitches through eight innings, no runs, four hits. We've kind of jokingly said he's the best five-inning guy for Northwestern on their pitching staff. What was working for him that he was just really had a coming-out party this weekend? Yeah, I think to me, it all just comes back to control, especially fastball control. Um, you know, it's really easy for young pitchers to rely on, like, a breaking ball, but especially when you have a good one. But uh, for him, he was just putting his fastball exactly where it needed to be against every single hitter, whatever that matchup was with each specific hitter, he was able to find it. Um, and and I think Doherty's performance was reflective of that because he was pounding the zone when hitters were taking pitches. And when hitters were swinging, they were putting him, the ball into play in not very dangerous positions. Northwestern had easy... It was just... It felt like 1-2-3 inning after 1-2-3 inning. He didn't allow a lot of hits, and there was no momentum for Rutgers because you know they would try to get ahead of him, and he was just... He was just putting the ball exactly where it needed to be. I, it's a very basic way of speaking about it, but it's what he did, and it's a lot easier said than done. So his performance in that was incredibly uh, impressive, and um, he was definitely, you know, he wasn't striking guys out. He was just playing to contact and letting the fielders do the work. And I think he did a great job of that. Um, I think part of it, too, is just that Rutgers at times can go very quiet offensively. Um, you do have to consider that into this performance a little bit as well. But certainly take nothing away from Doherty because he he looked fantastic out there. And it was a really encouraging sign, I think, for Northwestern to get those two quality starts in the first two games. Um, And, yeah, I just, you know, I was very impressed. And I think just a great sign for the Wildcats. Yeah, a a great sign, definitely. Ben Dickey, one of the heroes of Game game 2 with that, with uh, Mike Doherty, two for four, two doubles, two ribbies, one of those... RBIs coming through a, uh, actually both came through doubles. Um, a run scored. Willie Bourbon, two runs off of two walks. Yep. Um, David Dunn, the Dunn brothers keep producing. It was just, again, a perfect small ball game. It just The score of 4 nothing and scoring off of sacrifice flies and walks just screams Spencer Allen small ball. And yeah. that was extremely important to secure the series win and just a note from this game at that time the win moved Northwestern's season record to 500 marking the latest in a season that Northwestern baseball has been 500 or better since wait for it 2004 wow just think about that obviously that's that is no longer applicable right now because they're 23 and 25 they've yeah. lost the last two games but just to think about that the, the state of the program is you know, it's been dim for some time, but slowly creeping up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I had that great stat. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that as I was broadcasting, but uh, I will say it was, it was, it was cool for Northwestern to just, like you said, get ahead in that. And it was interesting too because on Friday, the game started at one forty-five local time, and on Saturday with the double header, first game started at eleven. So both of those games took place before the rest of the Big Ten was playing. So there was that extra just little bit of pressure on Northwestern that they were going to be in the spotlight. Other teams could watch them play, and then based on whatever they did, they could sit back at home 
and see what the rest of the teams were going to do that day. Um, and Northwestern performed really well in that circumstance, um, which can be daunting for some teams, uh, but Northwestern handled that very well and was able to put the pressure on other teams, which, you know, seemed to work out pretty well for them. Obviously, Game 3 didn't go how they wanted, but to be able to put that pressure on early and, as you said, secure that series victory, you know, by 1 o'clock on Saturday, that was that was a very big boost of confidence for the Wildcats. Yeah, definitely sent a message to the teams who they've been jockeying position with Rutgers. Obviously, head-to-head, that's why the series was so huge. Yeah. And you have Maryland, Ohio State. We'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. But the final game, Parker Hank started, didn't really have it the last two starts because he also started yesterday. Interesting decision. Obviously, he is a usual midweek starter, but for Spencer Allen, the, the, the injuries to the pitching staff have really forced his hand at times with Hank Christie and Quinn Lavelle. Really, we... we at this point, we have to assume they're just kind of not factoring in right now for the time going forward. But Parker Hanks sent out twice to start in the span of three days. Both times he lasts just an inning plus in Rutgers 1.1 innings. Gives up four earned run each. Just really never gave them a chance from the get-go. But they did battle back, and the rest of the bullpen fought very valiantly. Uh, Jack Pagliarini gives up just uh, four hits over 3.2 innings pitched, one run. Anthony Lepra and Josh Levy, no runs, so they were able to keep them in it because the Wildcats chipped away towards the end of the game. They ultimately lost 5-4, to four, as they, they threatened in the ninth, but they couldn't scratch that tying run across. But nevertheless, a, a team that showed fight over the entire weekend, and yes, the third game would have been great, but you can never really count on a series sweep. And frankly, I only thought they were going to grab one this weekend, so... I'm very, very impressed and excited for what this team has been able to do, especially when, you know, the Nebraska series was almost like, you know, if it doesn't go well, okay, the season's over. That's the way it, you know, after the Michigan State series, maybe this is what they deserve. They were able to steal two from Nebraska, and then they actually, they play themselves into a pressurized position. The pressure doesn't let off this week, but going into last week, that was really like, okay, you've gotten yourself to this point, and... This is where you can actually prove and keep yourself in contention as opposed to just flirting with, you know, being on the outside and toying with, with what's going on. Now, they are really, they control their own destiny. They're not just eighth in the Big Ten tournament, which would be the third, Big Ten standings, which would be the final spot that makes the tournament. They are seventh. And while there's a lot of very close teams who are bunched up in the standings right there, the ball is in their court. And this is a very important series with Minnesota, which we will dive into right now. So the Gophers... 24 apiece, wins and losses, and it's a little misleading, at least their Big Ten record, 13-8, and eight, which is good for, I believe, fourth or fifth, let's see. Fifth. Fifth. They're good for fifth. They're tied with, actually, they're tied for third with Illinois and Nebraska, although, as we've seen from Big Ten teams, they have a tendency to be inconsistent, uh, especially as we saw with, with Nebraska. They, they came in, and Cats really, they also took the first two games for them, so... Nothing about this Minnesota team at least jumps out to me on paper as things that they've done great. They're just below Northwestern at two fifty seven team batting average. Solid. We've seen Northwestern can hit. Um, the pitching is solid. Fifth best in the Big Ten. About a four ERA for the staff, flat. And it's not a stack line. It's just kind of like annoyingly consistent. You know, there's not one 
a couple, two giant holes in the lineup where the pitcher can quite relax. But what what do you see as a key matchup for Northwestern being? And I'll I'll pose this question before because Northwest, uh, excuse me, Minnesota has one very good starter who it has relied on consistently this season, um, Max Meyer, a 2.28 ERA, four wins, three losses, ten games started, actually two saves this season. Assuming he's going to go, he should go once this weekend. I don't know when that will be because Minnesota's just playing for seeding at this point. But, and again, we, we can't surmise everything that's going to happen, but if he's going on Friday, or if he's not going on Friday, how do you, if you're Spencer Allen, do you, if you're going against Minnesota's best pitcher, do you kind of maybe throw out a Parker Hanks or throw out someone else just to kind of open the game and kind of maybe try to concede that one and hedge your bets on winning one, at least one of the other two? You know, I think that that would be the most logical approach. I don't know that that's always the option that coaches go for. I mean, a lot of it more is going to come down to feel, you know, those those intangible things that we just can't see from the outside that obviously people inside the program, the actual coaches, you know, they're going to have more control over. But yes, to me, that's the route you have to go if you're Northwestern, because the bottom line here is that Meyer's a great pitcher. He really is. Um, and you want to avoid that if at all possible. And the issue for Northwestern is it's not like they can, I mean, due respect to Parker Hanks, but just based on his past couple of appearances, his past couple of starts, as a third starter, it's he's just not cutting it for the Wildcats. And they, they would have to get a lot of run support or an outstandingly good performance from him in order to be competitive um, in a game where he's the starter. Whereas Bader and Doherty both looked really good last weekend. The one thing I will say that bodes well for Northwestern potentially is that last weekend Northwestern won the two games that the two best pitchers for Rutgers started I mean Tevin Murray was about as ace as it gets coming into game one of the doubleheader on Saturday and he pitched deep into that game because it was a pretty low scoring close game 4-0 was the finish Northwestern scored two of those in the ninth so it was a very close game throughout but Northwestern was able to deal with their ace. And like we said with Rutkowski in game one, they just wore him down enough to be able to do that damage in the seventh inning and then take advantage once the bullpen came in. So to me, that is optimistic for Northwestern. They hit off of Northwest or off of Rutgers two best pitchers. I mean, um, Murray, he came into that game with an 083 ERA in Big Ten. And North Rutgers just being shut out at home. So the fact that they were able to do that gives me confidence in Northwestern. You know, they're they're not afraid of anybody. That's that's kind of the point there. Um, and, and any pitcher can have a bad game. Still got three losses on the year. It can happen. It's just so unpredictable. So to me, it's going to come down more so though to Northwestern's pitching. I mean, it was really good against Rutgers. That's what helped them win the series. It's been bad in other series. That's what helps them lose the series. So. Really, that's what it comes down to. Surprise, surprise that I'm going to say that. Um, but at this point in the year, it's that's what matters. And it's where Northwestern's biggest weakness is. Yeah, I do wonder with this series starting just a day earlier, there's one less day of rest instead of a Friday start and against Nebraska. It was a Saturday start. So things are definitely, they, they're a little different than normal. But towards the end of the season, you just got to deal with that. So with that, 
let's look at the Big Ten standings, and especially the teams at Northwestern, besides itself, will be most concerned about this weekend. That includes Rutgers, and Rutgers will play one one less game than Northwestern this season because it's just, I think, between rain and weather, makeup, they weren't able to do everything. Um, so yeah. as Northwestern... They had a Game 3 canceled, and this is crucial, against Penn State, which, mm. towards the bottom of the conference, that's a game you would favor Rutgers to win, and that third game of their series, which was two weeks ago, got canceled. So that was actually a really... That that could be one of those games that comes back and really affects this Big Ten standings because they've, they've played one less than the teams around them. So Rutgers a half game behind Northwestern, which is 10-11. Northwestern also potentially the beneficiary of not playing one of its own games because of weather. It was supposed to play Iowa a couple of weeks ago. That was rained out. Iowa, a very solid Big Ten team, are 12-9 or 12-9. Right ahead of Northwestern in sixth. Yeah, exactly. So you can decide for yourself whether you want them, you would have wanted them to play that game, another midweek game, even though it is in conference. So Northwestern right ahead, currently in seventh, ahead of Rutgers in eighth, and then Ohio State and uh, Maryland at nine and 12. So those are the teams really that are battling it out at the moment. And then Purdue and Michigan State, you can basically write them off at this point, especially with the competition they're playing with Rutgers. 9-11, and 11, playing at Indiana this week, which is a very tough matchup for them, especially, as Parker, you just mentioned, they potentially, a win that they might have probably had, they don't have, and then they're battling against the second-best team in the Big Ten, and a team that can really, really hit in Indiana. They've lit up some Big Ten teams. Maryland, they have Iowa this week, 9-12 and 12 against 12-9, and 9. and so that'll be interesting. And then Ohio State has an easier finish, at Purdue, there is a chance that they can sweep and get to 12-12, and 12, but in any case, if they take two and Northwestern takes one, Northwestern has a tiebreaker. The key thing here with these tiebreakers, and I know, Parker, you have Jake Liker's scenario sheet ready to go, and we can dive into that, Indeed. is that Northwest Northwestern holds tiebreakers over two of the three teams below them. In Rutgers, which they took two out of three from, and Ohio State, they swept. Maryland... It was a very close series, and that could be crucial at this point, but Maryland did take two out of three a few weeks ago here in Evanston. So, that being said, I remember reading a daily article a couple of weeks ago that said the magic number for Northwestern is 12. It certainly, that remains the same, because their 10 and 2 wins would really secure their spot. However, we were talking last night, one could do the trick as well. One could do the job. Uh, basically... Going through the scenarios, if you're focused on, first, the Northwestern-Minnesota series, if Minnesota sweeps Northwestern, there are only two scenarios in which Northwestern... Oh, sorry, that's incorrect. Let me... I, I was I was a little too far down the spreadsheet. The deal is, because there's these four teams that we mentioned, Northwestern, Rutgers, Ohio State, Maryland, that are all within one game of each other, because Rutgers is that half game in the middle of Northwestern, then the tie between Ohio State and Maryland... Um, there's a lot of weird scenarios here. But basically, if Minnesota sweeps, it's all out of Northwestern's hand. They're going to need help. Um, and the reality is it's very, very unlikely that Northwestern uh, gets in if they don't win any games this weekend. So if you're a Northwestern fan, they need at least one. If you get two, however, if you're a Northwestern fan, let's go to that little portion. There's only... 
two scenarios out of nine for Northwestern, where if they win two games, they don't make the Big Ten tournament. So you're feeling very good if Northwestern wins two. If they sweep, they're guaranteed a spot for sure. That's that's pretty unlikely. Um, good Minnesota team. But basically, a lot of it is going to come down to the other teams around Northwestern, and it's a lot of tiebreakers and complicated scenarios that you might not be worth getting into. Also, stay tuned this week, WNRSports.com, for Jake's actual column about this, because I just have his spreadsheet, but he, of course, has the uh, the, the more knowledge of the, these, these situations. Um, I'm just kind of reading off of his work. But the deal is, Northwestern doesn't win, you're not feeling very good. They don't win any games. They win one, there's a chance. It's probably 40-60 or 50-50 that Northwestern could make it. Not bad, um, but definitely not where you want to be if you're Northwestern. If they win two out of three, you're feeling very good. If you win three out of three, guaranteed. There you go. Yeah, and right now they're really, unless Iowa slips up in fantastic fashion, they're really looking at if they were to sweep or maybe even just take two out of three, the seventh spot, yeah. the seventh seed. Yeah. And in all likelihood at this point, even though the standings are clogged all the way through, um, there is a good chance that they would play Indiana in the first round, which yes. is the two seed. Or they could end up being there. There are a litany of things. It's it's very plausible that Michigan remains the one seed heading into the tournament, and there's a legitimate chance Northwestern could face them in the first round. But Parker just laid it out for you. You you need one, and you would love to. So that's where we'll leave you, Parker. Before we go, how do you see this all important? Because the the weekends keep building up in importance and. This is it for Northwestern as they really, a, a successful season, in my view at least, is making the Big Ten tournament, maybe winning a game or two. But really with the way this program was last year, this is a really nice step for them. How do you see this weekend shaping up? I will come in, given that I am very much an outsider from this program and tend to watch it more from afar than those who are regularly on this podcast, less involved than those who are regularly on this podcast. And I will come in with what I will call a realistic, although some may call pessimistic view. I think Northwestern wins one out of three. I think you can get a good start from either Bader or Doherty. I don't think you can really count on both to give you great starts like they did over against Rutgers. I think there's one game where Northwestern puts it all together. Which day? I don't know. But I think Northwestern takes one out of three. And that really leaves things up in the cards. And that's what's unfortunate. However, I do think the Northwestern, through some of these scenarios, is going to just snag the eight seed based on the way some of these other ones work out. One of the other big series to watch is Iowa versus Maryland. If Iowa can handle business against Maryland, that could bode very well uh, for Northwestern. Another thing that will help Northwestern is the fact that Rutgers is playing Indiana on the road. Also with, really, Rutgers took a gut punch to Northwestern this weekend. Northwestern went into Bainton Field and took two out of three. North, Rutgers was not expecting that. I can guarantee you that. They were not expecting that at all, and they were very disappointed in the results. And really, and this may end up being a very big deal too, they were, they were lucky to win that third game. Because Northwestern left 10 runners on base and left the bases loaded twice in that game. In fact, both times they had the bases loaded, the first time they had it with no outs, and the second time they had it with one out. So, real missed opportunities for Northwestern. That game could 
end up becoming really important. But the point being, it was a sucker punch over the weekend for Rutgers. I think they could get swept by Indiana. And if they do, that greatly improves Northwestern's chances. Of the scenarios where Northwestern only wins one and Indiana wins three, Northwestern makes the tournament doing some calculating here. Eight out of ten times. We like that. We like that a lot. So I think, realistically, Northwestern wins one against uh, Minnesota, and I think they get some help, and they sneak in as the eight seed. Yeah, so it's... At this point in time, with the wild, where the Wildcats currently stand, you, you have to be feeling pretty confident with concern, with all the externalities considered that there is reason, there there is hope for this team, a lot of it, to make the Big Ten tournament. Also, 11-6 and six at home. They have had some, some good wins at home. Weather will be interesting this weekend. Tomorrow, one of the warmest days we've had, probably the warmest day we will have had this year, projected like 78 degrees, and we might see some rain in the forecast. We'll see. Uh, Friday and Saturday, also iffy on the weather with precipitation. Also, it's supposed to be cooler in the 50s. Why are we surprised here in Evanston? I, I don't know. We, we Maybe because up. it's May 15th. I'm just going to say it. Maybe, because we only have two more weeks of classes after yeah, Friday. Yeah, maybe that, and would, it's that would be it. under 60 degrees. Um, so, if you are a diehard fan, you, you there was a game yesterday. However, Northwestern really got pummeled, and it's largely, you know, has... It's pretty unimportant, yeah. as it does not pertain to Big Ten play, and this team is not making the NCAA tournament unless they somehow get the automatic bid through winning the tournament. So we will leave that off the table right now, but make sure to tune in all weekend long and check out WNURsports.com for the Series Central for baseball, softball, who is hosting an NCAA tournament regional this weekend, and lacrosse, who is looking to get to the Final Four on Sunday. So there's a lot going on. Make sure to tune into WNURsports.com and also on the radio on Mixler and we'll have some on-air games too. So keep the eyes and ears out. There's a lot going on, especially in the world of Wildcat baseball. So thank you so much for tuning in. Alongside Parker Johnson, I'm Eli Karp. We will see you next week when hopefully we are talking Omaha.